Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I've got a really exciting guest today for you, Ashley Tyson. He's dubbed as the Oz Sherpa, and he's the founder of Oz Pros. It's a leading opportunity zone consultancy, and he's a consultant attorney on opportunity zones, tax advantage structures, and investing strategies. And he's advised over uh, multiple commercial property investors, family officers, investment advisors, high net worth individuals on how to best maximize their tax savings into real estate investments and helping clients select an optimal investment strategy and properly navigating regulation. So uh, today's talk is all about finance, financial planning, independence, investments, and I'm happy to welcome Ashley to the show. Welcome. Chris, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and I know from listening to other episodes that, uh, that I, I need to call you Chris and not Dr. Lou. And, and you don't have to call me doctor either. <laughs> but it's a pleasure to be on. Super stoked about uh, talking about uh, all things Opportunity Zone and how people can build generational wealth with them. Yeah. So tell people, you know, your, your background, your experience and what OzPros does. Yeah. So I like to call myself a reformed attorney. You know, I got sick of just practicing law because I wanted to get in the game. I wanted to get in the game of life and get in the game of business. Uh, so my background is uh, I, I actually played uh, basketball in college and uh, then played uh, professionally in Germany for a little bit and came back to the U.S. to, to go to Chapel Hill Law School. Uh, and then when I got out, I went to work for a big firm. And working as a big firm attorney was great. I had all kinds of resources. It seemed sexy at the time when I first started. Uh, and then about two years in, I was like, man, this is really rough. And five years in, it had sufficiently sucked my soul dry. And uh, so I was like, you know what? I got to do something different. And so I, I, I ended up going out to be in-house counsel for a commercial real estate developer but when I did that, I set up a company to do impact-driven investments in the real estate space. And so I was doing flipping houses and wholesaling houses and doing all that kind of stuff on the side while I was general counsel for a significant commercial developer where we were t uh, syndicating 1031 transactions. So you know, I think that your guests probably know all about 1031. We were doing tick transactions where we did tenancy and common interest. So we'd buy a shopping center by the gallon, and then we'd sell it by the scoop to 1031 investors. So I got really into uh, the kind of the, the securities aspect of real estate. And it was great. And things were going fantastically until 2008 happened. <laughs> As the music stopped and everybody in real estate was looking for a chair, uh, I was without one. And so I, uh, I doubled back into my law practice. I was like, you know, thank goodness I've got a law license. And I set up a firm and we started doing mergers and acquisition stuff. And, you know, I, coming from a Wall Street level firm and doing Wall Street level, uh, you know, deals, I had a passion for continuing to do that level of work, but I wanted to make it available to Main Street America. And so we actually set up a company called Third Party Council that let Main Street America get sophisticated documents for uh, you know doing mergers and acquisition type stuff at uh, at a at a fraction of what it would cost if they went to a big firm. And so 
I actually ended up selling that firm back in 2017 so that I could uh, go out and to do consulting about showing business owners and professionals how to put more money in their pocket and, uh, and, and how to save money on taxes because it's not about what you make, it's about what you keep. And so as I was doing that, I heard about this uh, thing called Opportunity Zones and I was sitting in a CLE and this guy was talking about it. And afterwards, I ran him down and I was like, hey, man, I was like, uh, what you were describing sounds like 1031 in private equity got married. And he's like, oh, yeah. And they had a beautiful baby named Opportunity Zones. And so I said, all right, I'm all in. And so we popped up a website. And within two weeks, we had 150 inbound leads and we had $75 million worth of capital looking for deals. And I was like, wow, I think we're on to something. And the reason why we're on to something is because I think that the Opportunity Zones are the greatest tax incentive that Congress has ever initiated. And so as we were kind of going through that and trying to figure out what we were going to do inside of Opportunity Zones, I said, hey, why don't we take that document generation software that we put together in our system for how we were able to take Wall Street level sophistication and bring that to Main Street America and marry that with Opportunity Zones. And so we set out to become the legal Zoom for Opportunity Zones with like the forms, but then also with a really simple process so that Main Street America could avail themselves of this unbelievable generational wealth creation opportunity. And that's what we've done. We've set up OZ Pros. And uh, in the five years that we've been doing this, we've had over 2,500 strategy calls. We've set up over 900 Opportunity Zone entities, and we've helped countless entrepreneur after entrepreneur uh, to business owner to developer, you know, execute on their real estate tax-free dreams. So we're really excited about you know the program. Excited about being able to share that with your with your listeners, Chris. Yeah, I love that. And um, this is the first time I've heard of uh, opportunity zones, but um, you know, I'm always interested in hearing about new things and people doing things on the cutting edge. And so why is uh, qualified opportunity zones represent a quintessential hedge against uncertain tax rates? Yeah. So the, the OZ program basically did this is that you know, in three pages of legislation, number one, it got the attention of private capital. Number two, it got it off the sidelines. And number three, it made it patient. And the way that it did so was by incentivizing people with capital gains to take those capital gains and invest them into a qualified opportunity fund. And a qualified opportunity fund can literally just be an LLC taxed as a partnership. And you could set up your own. So you could set up your own captive fund, or you can invest with another professional fund manager. But when you do that, you defer your capital gains that you originally had, and you're going to defer those until December of 2026. This legislation was passed, you know, seven years, six, seven years ago. If you were invested for seven years prior to that 2026 deadline, you got a 15% reduction in taxes when you went to pay them. And if you were invested in five years, then you got a 10% reduction. So that was the first two benefits. So deferral and reduction were significant. Now, there's some legislation that's pending that's going to extend the Opportunity Zone program, and we're fairly confident that some version of that's going to get passed. And we're thinking that that will probably pull back that reduction, that 10 or 15% reduction in the taxes. But then the really big benefit is that when you hold your investment in an Opportunity Fund for 10 years, everything that that fund owned 
owns becomes eligible for a step up in basis to fair market value. And the reason why that's significant is because that not only eliminates capital gains, but it also eliminates depreciation recapture. And so for your listeners who are doing real estate deals or doing any kind of you know thing, business or whatever that has a significant opportunity for bonus depreciation, one of the things that they got to be wary of is recapture. And this eliminates it. So that's why I think that opportunity zones have become the quintessential hedge against future increases in the capital gains rate is because it's going to eliminate them after your fund investment turns 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, we all know that uh, tax rates are going up. Um, it's just a matter of you know how much. And uh, But in general, it's like fiat currencies go to zero. Taxes always increase. Uh, these opportunity zones, they uh, the power to generate positive social impact alongside risk-adjusted returns. Talk about that. Yeah. So going back to when I set up Soterian, Soterian's my S-Corp uh, you know, real estate investment vehicle that I set up back in 2005 uh, in order to do impact-driven investments. And the the thing the reason why is because I I you know was like hey listen you know it's real easy to make money but I want to make money with purpose and I want to feel good about what I'm doing and so we did a couple of different things we made some investments into some you know kind of uh, naturally occurring uh, affordable housing and and really went out of our way to help the folks that were inside of our housing uh, you know that we were providing and. By very definition, so the the Opportunity Zones Act allowed all of the governors to designate up to 25% of their low-income census tracts as Opportunity Zones. And so then you have to put your money into an Opportunity Zone or you have to move your business into an Opportunity Zone or start your business in a zone in order to get the benefit. And so they were trying to attract investment into these areas. And in so doing, they're taking lower income census tracts, whether they're really great, you know, tracks or not, and they're adding economic viability to it. They're adding that vibrance by getting things going and jump starting the economy inside of those areas. And so when you look at the results, when you look at the studies that are out there, real estate values in these zones has definitely outpaced their rival, you know, kind of similarly situated census tracts. And so it's been fascinating to see that, you know, not only in this program, uh, you know, is it great for people that want to defer taxes, but it's actually working to create positive impact in these zones. It's creating jobs. It's creating uh, property value increases. And I think that the biggest thing is, is that it's creating buzz and energy and interest. Now, opportunity zones become a rallying point for communities and for developers and for funds that are interested in putting their money to work, they still need to chase alpha, right? So everybody out there, whether you're into ESG or not, you can't do it at the sacrifice of making money. And so opportunity zones allow you to chase that alpha, to get that alpha, to find it and secure it, but at the same time have positive social impact. So that's why I'm excited about, you know, how they're positively affecting and, and, and actually accomplishing social change. Yeah. Yes. And um, what's interesting is these uh, new opportunities. Um, talk about setting up and leveraging opportunity zone operating businesses, just kind of, you know, broad overview. 
Yeah. So the great thing about this program, and this is why well, I got up, went out to the guy. I was like, man, that sounds like 1031 and private equity got married. And he said, yes. And it's atypical because, you know, most of the place-based economic initiatives are purely real estate based. And so case in point, 1031. When you do a 1031 deal, you have to go from real estate to real estate. Opportunity zones completely turn that on its head. So it can be any kind of capital gain, whether that's from the stock market, from crypto, from uh, appreciated stock, from an appreciated baseball card. You can take that capital gain and you can put it into a fund. And then the key thing as well is that that fund can invest into real estate and it could get the benefit that way, or it can invest in inside of an operating business. And we all know that operating businesses have way more alpha potential than real estate does. Real estate is, you know, the reason why the, you know, the cap rates and the return, you know, yields are a little bit more compressed is because it's typically kind of seen as more secure. But a good, solid, robust operating business can offer the value of that return, but at the same time, you know, have a 4x, 5x, 10x, 100x multiple on it that real estate's just not going to be able to do. That's why it was, you know, is so interesting and why I think it's so powerful is because of the potential upside of being able to grow an operating business from literally a startup to the next Facebook and not have to pay any taxes when you exit that. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, talk about this area where um, digital assets, I, I hate using the word crypto because it's demonized and, you know, bastardized by the media, but um, how that in real estate can work together in an opportunity zones investment strategy. Again, this is not investment advice for the listeners. It's just kind of, you know, wetting the appetite. Buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> and that's not investment advice either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Uh, so it's actually really fascinating how the crypto play or you know digital currency works inside of OZs. And the first thing is, is that you can take gain from the sale of appreciated uh, digital currency or digital asset, and you can roll that into a qualified opportunity fund in order to defer that gain which is fascinating because heretofore there was no kind of tax abatement that was you know there. And the second thing is is that you can now it's a little bit more nuanced and it's uh it you know I would not recommend that you set up an opportunity zone business specifically to hold uh, digital assets. Uh, they've they've really tried to make it so that you actually have to have some kind of physical activity that's happening in the zone. And a physical activity that's bringing jobs and vibrancy to the community. So we've talked with a bunch of folks who have and who were kind of traditional Bitcoin miners. And they're like, ah, man, I'm just going to mine Bitcoin inside of the zone. And then I'm just going to pool it up in my QOZB and I'm going to sell it 10 years down the road and I'm not going to pay a lick of taxes. And we're like, eh, you know, we need to change that strategy a little bit. And so we talked them through. We helped them bring, you know a impact component to that. We helped them really think about their story around that and how they're actually positively impacting the local community. And then we helped them structure it so that they were able to combine the opportunity zone so that they could utilize this benefit. But it's a little bit, you know, you, you definitely have to get a little bit outside of the box. And 
you know, and, and rightfully so, because Congress, what they did not want to have happen was to have somebody be able to come in and pop up a, you know, a P.O. box inside of an opportunity zone and be able to put their entire stock portfolio inside of that P.O. box and then say, oh, I got a qualified opportunity zone business. I shouldn't pay any you know, taxes on the appreciation of the stock. And so they they put a rule in that you can't have more than 5% non-qualified financial property. And non-qualified financial property is cash, uh, stocks, bonds, partnership interest of another entity, forward contracts, futures contracts, that kind of thing. And so what that does is, is it makes it so that you actually have to do something inside of the zone where you've got a physical presence. And as long as that physical presence is then having you know, uh, a positive effect on the community, if there's a derivative play inside of that with a digital asset, then that's great. But the digital asset itself can't be the main function of what you're trying to do inside of the opportunity zone. But if somebody's interested and they want to, you know, explore that further, we've got a couple of really creative strategies that we've deployed for people in the past, and we'd be happy to talk about that with them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. How do people contact you, uh, check out your work, follow you? I know you're quite active, um, and reach out to you. So we've got a special uh, landing page at www.ozpros.com slash Christopher. And I'm typing this in right now to make sure that it works and that it, yes, it does. Success. It actually worked this time. It's great. Uh, but we've got a special deal for all of your listeners. And once again, that's www.ozpros. That's like Opportunity Zone Pros pros.com slash Christopher. And if you will go and enter your information on there, uh, we're going to give you a copy of the Opportunity Zone cheat sheet. So that's like a, that's Opportunity Zones on one page. And then we also have discounted strategy calls on there. Uh, so if you want to talk with me or you want to talk with somebody on my team, we'd be happy to answer your questions. Uh, and then you can also navigate through to the rest of our webpage where we've got a webinar, we've got other types of information, and we've got all kinds of stuff. If somebody wants to learn more about Opportunity Zones, that's what we're here to do. We're here to educate. We're here to get your Opportunity Zone fund and Opportunity Zone business up and running. We've got a package for that. And then we're also here to walk alongside you during the entire journey. So to help you with your compliance, to help you make sure that you're documenting things correctly and that you have a, for as much as you can, a bulletproof audit trail. So ozpros.com slash Christopher, and we'd love to get on the horn with your listeners, show them how they can create generational wealth through Opportunity Zones. Awesome. And uh, for all the audience, let's thank Ashley for coming on, talking about this new opportunity all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. Um, and with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, look forward to, to helping you guys, you know, embark on their opportunities zone journey.